Thanks for joining us for Creating Dementia Solutions, a Miles for Memories program and podcast. I'm Richard Pyatt, happy to be your host for this series. If you joined us for the last episode, you heard us talking a little bit about educational programs for children. Well, certainly adults, too, that are ready to learn about dementia and a number of the other programs that Miles for Memories oversees. And Chief Volunteer Sherry Sherbin is back with us on this broadcast. Welcome back. Well, thank you so much. And I might want to say that we got tons of great volunteers, and you're going to get to see some of those other ones in the upcoming episodes. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to that, too. You know, back in uh, my radio days, we checked in pretty regularly with a lot of those folks. So I'm looking forward to seeing a lot of them again. So we talked about children's education. Mm-hmm. Now we have to think about adults too, right? right? The notion that there is a lot to learn with this. Folks who are close to this issue mm-hmm. really want to be educated about how best to, to be with their loved one and so on. Uh, how do you approach that? How did you look at that from soup to nuts? You know, there is a, a lot about dementia that is challenging to understand. Uh, oftentimes, we took the view years ago, and we kind of lumped it all into Alzheimer's disease. And, uh-huh. and what we've do- discovered is that there are hundreds of different types of dementia. So there's value in learning about those different types as well, right? And how do we begin to share information about that without proclaiming to be the experts in those categories, because certainly we deal with um, and work with our researchers who do a lot of that background work, Um, but there's also other agencies that do a lot of that work, and we want to make sure that we always give them credit for that. But the reality is the more you can feel like you understand uh, to the best of your ability what's happening, Mm -hmm. uh, the easier it is to make, again, as I've mentioned before, the choices as you go forward. So it started there. And I, I want to throw in, uh, you know, we do have two other programs and some others that are in development for um, younger children, including music, uh, reading, and pen pals. So mm-hmm. those are for the younger uh kids as well, uh, those in middle and high school, uh, as we get ready to go forward. But the education for adults jumps in in college. We uh, do have a lot of work that we put together with Michigan State University. Um, Our researchers are at Michigan State University. Uh, When we do our research updates regularly, we have students that have been engaged in the learning process that help present uh, at our research update, as an example. And Olivet College is another one of those programs that has been instrumental in this progress uh, process, as well as Elvian College, uh, who did the initial work in helping to define what we might want to include in a coloring book, which was the build for the actual show. Yeah. We're not just talking about an organization that saw a need to um, offer programming, but once you've done that, now we're talking about having to consult experts mm-hmm. and understand how best to convey the information and what information you need to convey. This right. is, we're not just, what do they say, Whistling Dixie anymore? This is, <laughs> this is serious now. It is serious. And the, the best, best, best part about uh, all of Miles for Memories is that it's a group of volunteers that are committed to making sure that others know what they want to know, mm-hmm. um, help them to maybe learn or look at things maybe they don't want to look at at the same time. And uh, we have volunteers from across the spectrum, uh, not only in age groups, we also have nutrition and movement and and all of those other types of activities that begin to get incorporated into that learning process. Mm -hmm. So how do you determine, when you're talking about the programs to educate adults, 
where your focus is going to be. Because, you know, the children certainly, they have a, a certain range of information they may need. But adults now, we're talking about, I presume, a wider range, sure. right? So how do you zero in on what you need? Well, you know, part of that comes with uh, the trainings that we do are based off certifications that we've received from other organizations. Mm-hmm. So um, one of them is Dementia Friends. One of them is the development of a dementia-friendly community that we are engaged in. Um, another is Dementia Minds. Another is... Uh, dementia-capable care, and dealing with dementia is another one. They're all certifications for different level of understanding and teaching different individuals. And different volunteers from the organization have gone through uh, those different training processes. So uh, one of them might be Dementia Friends, which is a short presentation. It's 30 minutes or so, and it's just general information about dementia to sort of launch the conversation. One of the very simple components in that particular training is to take a situation and ask them how many different steps it might take to create a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Mm. Now, you and I might think off the top of our heads that that's a really simple process, but when you have to break that down step by step by step by step, and suddenly you've got 25 different steps just to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, there is an easier understanding of how that process can be interrupted at some point in time because something else happened. And sometimes we don't know all the steps till we start counting. Right? Yeah, we have some folks that have three on their paper, and I challenge them to think a little further. (laughs) Uh, And then we have some that can get up to 40 different steps just to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. So it it does present uh, an understanding of how we look at things, too, and how we can expand that understanding of the different things that are in front of us. Uh, And then you can move into the next level. Uh, We've done a variety of different courses at uh, places of business. We've done programs through uh, KCC uh, for the general population to understand that. And those can be anywhere from two to four hours. Uh, We've done then very specialized trainings in businesses that will take anywhere from four to eight hours. And then we have a certification program that takes 16, and that's really for the professional who wants a better understanding of putting together some of those care plans Mm -hmm. uh, for them to be able to move forward. And then they are able to act as a fiduciary to educate others. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. So what's the the biggest challenge in this process? Is it that uh, things are changing, and so these, these certifications and, and educational opportunities have to be updated on a certain schedule. What's the biggest challenge there? Well, you know, when you start looking at the professionals, there's different requirements for what they need to be educated on uh-huh. and what different modules happen to be available. And, you know, frankly, they want to start with what's most important to them first, right? What is more global across the board and what kinds of trainings are being presented as they age through the learning process. You know, when you take it all the way back to college and what's important in a college environment for them to learn about geriatrics in general, it's starting to get more attention uh, when you break that down into different things in geriatrics and finally get to neurodegenerative conditions and Mm -hmm. talk about dementia, there's less education in that particular isolated area. Uh, So even our physicians today, who we look at as experts, might spend a little bit more time learning about cardiac health than they are going to be learning about dementia. Not because they're not both important, but their um, area of interest and participation is in a different area. Well, if there was a goal that you haven't reached yet for education, what would it be? Well, 
The, the best part about the education process is being able to engage others to help them teach others, right? Uh-huh. Uh, sometimes we learn best by doing the teaching part ourselves. And we would always invite others that would like to be part of that process uh, to go through the training programs. And they become those that become the outreach individuals. And, and how do we support others in that process? You know, one of the things we're asked about regularly is a support group program. Uh, there are several support groups that are already in existence across um, the region in um, southern Michigan and specifically in Calhoun County. Do we have need for one more, right? So, you know, we'll always encourage them to take advantage of whatever resources are available for a dementia support group or an Alzheimer's support group uh, as they get ready to go forward. And, you know, if we find that there's a need to be more specific about that, we might encourage uh, some of our volunteers to be willing to manage one of those Uh as an example. Uh, But volunteers are great, and whenever... Uh, they are willing to step up and take the lead in one of those training programs. We would love that. Love that. <laughs> Got it. A volunteer organization sometimes <laughs> advances based on its volunteers. Right? right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So someone's watching or listening to this and they are saying, boy, I need to hear some of these educational programs. Mm-hmm. How do they do it? Well, one of the ways that we're starting that process is by what we're doing today, right? Starting those podcasts, making those video components available for folks to learn at least in chunks, right? Chunks that they're ready to hear, uh, ready to go forward with the booklet that we have on the table right now, the Brief Guide for Understanding Dementia, really does do just that. It tries to give you a background understanding of where we're at and talks about not only beginning to understand dementia, but why a diagnosis is important and what programs that we have uh, through Miles for Memories that they can engage in, they Mm -hmm. can partake in, uh, that would be beneficial to them, their loved one, or their family as a whole. Sure. Yeah, in fact, uh, you have these in various places. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's also an electronic version of this on the Miles for Memories website, which I noticed. So you can e-flip right through that Mm -hmm. if you need to, milesformemories.org. So uh, you can find that if you need it. A brief guide, brief for understanding dementia, but it really is uh, somewhat comprehensive in what it presents. Yeah. I think one of the great things about it is that it does talk about diagnosis, some of the things that you can evaluate at home, Mm -hmm. um, some of those actual tests that you can take that are home, uh, which is great. But I would always recommend that if you found through some of those scenarios that there's a concern, you really do need to go to a professional Uh, to make sure that you can have that definite diagnosis in terms of what type of dementia it happens to be because then you know better what to look for and why their behavior is different than what they talk about with Alzheimer's disease, Uh, as an example. Uh, So, again, you feel more comfortable going forward. And then in the very back of the book, there is just a list of different resources for some of those programs for kids, uh, the different uh, programs that we were aware of, at least in our area, that might be able to help them as well go forward. So they're in there for their use. Well, I think I've had about 35,000 questions that have popped in my head, but they're all related to more specific subjects, which Mm -hmm. we'll be covering as we go along in this series. But the point is, there are educational programs out Mm -hmm. there. There are ways in which to glean more information, and uh, and Miles for Memories is a conduit to that. So milesformemories.org, of course, is the website that you'll want to to check. As you look at 
the year out from here. Mm -hmm. uh, are there in-person programs that you intend to do more of as, uh, as we cross the year, which, you know, when we're talking now, it's January, but we'll blink and it'll be July or something, <laughs> and uh, we'll want to get those on our schedule. Oh, most definitely. Um, one of which is a, a traveling scenario, which we really haven't mentioned. We do have an inflatable brain. It's 10 feet by 16 feet by 13 feet. Oh, my. And it blows up. Uh, it is large enough for a person, even in a wheelchair, to, go, to be able to go in and around. Uh, there are different signs, depending on which age group we happen to be working with, where they can read the information that our on the different placards uh, located throughout the use of the brain. Uh, we bring that to youth programs. We bring it to colleges. We bring it to uh, training events and outside activities that we have going on. So it's another opportunity to draw someone in to go, huh, and can I ask another question? So the brain is a great thing at a variety of different locations. A um, couple of things that are coming up are the um, research update, which I've already mentioned, which is the last Tuesday in April. And I believe that's April 26th. That's going to be at the Cool Family Center. And we will have our researchers come give us an update on where we're at with things uh, as it relates to dementia. Uh, we will have some of the students come and present at that as well. And then we will finally have just sort of a follow-up of how last year went, right? What kinds of things did we do last year? How many bracelets did we distribute? What did we do with the dollars that were raised at our main event uh, as we get ready to go forward? We will be uh, looking at bringing back the Vineyards event, which is a lifestyle program, which is great. Uh, we'll be moving to the next step of the uh, Melodious Memories program, which kind of took a stall for a period of time there. Uh, we talk about um, large movement and a companion program for the caregiver, so we're looking at the development and the release of that particular program, hopefully by the end of the year. Uh, that's been under um, the works or in the works during COVID uh, for the past year now, and uh, evaluating how we're going to move forward with that particular program and the launch. And uh, There's many, many more, but the biggest one that I want to uh, invite folks to participate in is the uh, main event. It is September 16th. It will be at Festival Market Square at downtown Battle Creek. The whole intention behind that is to introduce, welcome, help folks understand that just because someone in your family lives with dementia, doesn't mean you need to stay home, right? It's meant to incorporate folks from young to old uh, in this walk and really accentuate the fact that movement is really valuable. So part of that walk uh, includes either a half mile walk or a full mile for folks that want to do that. We'll have some dance and movement going on at that particular event and um, some other movement uh, activities that happen on site, and we'll have painting and uh, different things for the kids. There's no cost. So we certainly will welcome donations, don't get me wrong, right? Because <laughs> it's with those donations that we develop and release these programs. Without mm -hmm. those dollars, we can't do that. And our whole intent is to develop and release those programs in Calhoun County because that's where the money is coming from. And our dollars rest at the Battle Creek Community Foundation, right? So we do have that fiduciary oversight, which we really do appreciate. Uh, it's not just sitting in a bottom drawer at somebody's house, right? That's not the case. Um, we are very fiscally responsible with each and every one of the dollars that comes in. And to that end, that same date is the launch of the marathon. The whole idea of the marathon is to move a half a mile a day. 
that's it. Take a nice short walk. And by the end of uh, two months, you will have completed more than 26 miles, which is the marathon. Right. Um, but it's hopefully enough to develop a pattern to keep going. Well, uh, you talked about a number of things that are coming in the coming weeks and months. <laughs> and so folks can watch the website, right? Yes. Because there'll be details on that, milesformemories.org. Mm-hmm. And I think you put these on, on your Facebook page, too, because yes. I know you were loading these over the last few days because my phone was going, whoop, whoop, whoop. <laughs> There's a new event. Miles for Memories has a new event. You may be interested. Right. So yeah. folks can check that, too, and you know, click the like on that page, follow it. Mm -hmm. Uh, so folks can uh, be in the know about when those things are happening. You know, I do want to thank you as well for coming to one of the trainings that we put together. I was just going to bring that up. Were you? All right, I'll let you bring it up then, and then I'll respond. Well, I was just going to (laughs) say that I did attend that training Uh for uh, the Safe Home Program and the technological advances that you've made. Uh And uh, I said this on a podcast previously. I'll say it again now. When last we spoke about five years ago on the radio, you were just beginning this program. Now we've reconnected and come around again. And uh, in just that time, there has been such a huge advance Mm -hmm. in uh, the way you've been able to make these things a reality. So congratulations on all of that. But it was unbelievable to watch how these things have come together and watch all these folks learning how to use these resources. Yeah, it is great. And they are a wealth of resources in helping to identify someone and bring them back home should they wander. And we've had great successes with that. And I know we've done a separate program on that. We can talk more about that one later. But if anybody really wants to get any of these, they can go to our ordering site, which is m3-tech.org. So M as in Michigan, 3 dash T-E-C-H dot org. Um, and all the devices are on there and folks can order those from that. And just quickly, the idea behind it is if someone uh, was away from home and unsure of what to do, there's a QR code on the back of that bracelet mm-hmm. or that nugget or whatever they're using. A quick scan with a, with a camera on a smartphone can reconnect that person. Yeah. Um, And we did talk about that in a previous podcast episode, so you can certainly look for that and uh, and have a listen. But congratulations. It's just really great to see how this has moved so quickly. Yes. Well, thank you for that. And, you know, I have to give a great shout-out to uh, all of the volunteers. The leadership group has been very instrumental in making all of these strides going forward. Uh, The trainings that you were at, as an example, you know, we had probably 10 from the leadership group that were there helping with the training so that we could really move the event forward in that day. And I work hard at trying to get other folks to talk more. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we'll do it. In fact, we'll do it on this program. Creating Dementia Solutions is a Miles for Memories program on Access Vision and a podcast as well. Milesformemories.org has all of that information. So click through and stay engaged, and we'll be staying engaged with folks uh, over the course of several episodes in 2023. So thanks for being with us. I'm Richard Pyatt. Creating Dementia Solutions is our program.